Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so it should be good to go. So, yeah. I gotta ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So, living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. This portion of the Behind the Wheel podcast is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Print Workshop. Yo, these folks, I tell you, you see the grit shirts, you've seen the grind shirts. I did a 30-day grind social media experiment, and I wore that shirt for 30 days, yo. And I washed it, obviously I washed it, but the care and the, the texture, the print, the ink, everything held up. So I'm very impressed, yo. For real, for real. When I tell you that the ink on the shirt held up, the colors of the shirt held up, I was so impressed. I contacted the manufacturer that makes the shirts. I contacted the creative print shop and said, yo, man, I'm very impressed with your shirts. I'm happy, pleased. And so, yes, they are, they are a proud sponsor of the Behind the Wheel and how I'm building this podcast. You know, they started in 2000. That's 11 years ago as a custom design company that drew custom designs on apparel with fabric paints. Yo, Brother Hazel has been in the printing and design industry for 20 years, yo. Over 20 years. I mean, when, you, when I tell you about the, the process, the care, it's one thing to say, you know, it's, it's a black-owned company, but the professionalism with which they handle your your order from Zanti, who is, you know, the office manager who's in customer service, always pleasant, always upbeat. Before you go to place your order, Yo, there is a consultation. You sit down with the CEO and founder, the chief executive officer of everything, Brother Hazel. And man, it is um, from from the ordering process to review. You can approve your orders online. So if you're in need of design, print, garments, yo, they handle everything. I'm getting some mugs, some of the killer mugs. I can't wait till they come in, yo. Yeah, so to talk to a designer, give them a call at 443-842-3900. That number again is 443-842-3900. Yo, she's jogging on the block. All black, everything. The number again is 443-842-3900. Or you can email if you've got a question, info at thecreativeprintshop.com. That's creative with a K. Thecreativeprintshop.com. Dot com. Oh, oh. Okay, I think we're, I think we're prepared. <laughs> we're all set. <laughs> okay, good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. We are here in New York City for a, uh, a very special guest. I feel honored to uh, be spending some time with this guest. He is has a a, uh, a wealth, a long 
Uh, man, if you go through his uh, resume, you sit down and say, oh, scrolling forever. Very impressive. <laughs> forever. <laughs> Not forever, but it, it's, it's great stuff. Thank you. Um, spent some time at, at Bonobos, VP, Stores for Bonobos, mm-hmm. St. Laurent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the board of Goodwill. Yep. Ranked number, uh, ranked uh, the top 100 in, as far as retail. Influencers for 2021. Yeah, I mean, the list just goes on and on. <laughs> author, author, we'll talk about of the, that. Yeah, author yeah. of the, the, the best-selling uh, book, Retail Pride, and the founder of Retail Today. Give it up for Ron Thurston. How are you doing today, Ron? Yeah, good, good. Thanks. Welcome to my home. Well, thank I'm you. Really for, like happy to do this it. together. I appreciate it, man. It's great. Yeah, so, for the folks who, who don't know you, aren't familiar with you, tell them a little about yourself, how you got yeah. started in retail, yeah. and uh, then we'll get into the book and, and all the other things that you do. Sounds great. Yeah, I am, so I'm from California, um, and I, I grew up in a family of construction, and mm. my grandfather owned a construction company that ultimately built all the Safeway grocery stores on the West Coast, um, and he was an exceptional leader in my eyes, but at the same time, construction was not my path. Mm. I just knew, you know, that like, I want to be in fashion, I want to be a designer, I want to be in retail, I wanted to do something. And my grandmother owned a fabric store, Mm -hmm. and my mom taught me how to sew early on. So I was that guy uh, in high school that was making my own clothes. Maybe not the most popular kid, but Uh I was like, you know, carving my own path at a very early age and ended up in fashion design, which you and I share in common. Mm -hmm. When you and I spoke, you were a pattern maker. I was a pattern maker and I had some, definitely some success as a designer, but retail is my love. It's where I started working when I was still in college and I wanted to go back. How how did you know, what what, what was it about it that that you loved? I love serving. I don't think that I knew that as a young person, like how much I loved serving a team, leading a team, serving a customer, serving the community. I don't think I really understood that. And when you're a designer, you kind of box yourself sometimes into your own little bubble. It's really not about a world of service. It's about a world of beauty and inspiration. And those are beautiful things too. And I've I've worked in fashion, so I understand that side of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm much more engaged with people, and I love leading teams. I love providing opportunities for great service. And retail is that business, you know, all over the world yeah. that serves their local communities. Whether that's with jobs, with product, with new ideas, local businesses really show up when times are tough. And that's what I love about retail. And it, and the careers, honestly, are endless. And you figure that out going in of like, well, I can work at any brand I want. I can get, uh, you know, my career is dictated by how hard I want to work because mm-hmm. it's not dictated by your education. And I, I only have a two-year education. I didn't really, I wanted to just go to work. You know, college was not where I put my effort, to mm. be honest. And... So I knew it's like this this is your own destiny, however you want to create it. And I just took that approach and said, I'm gonna own this. You started on from from the ground level as a, a, a frontline co-worker. I did. I did. And I you know, I think today that gives me credibility. 
you know, I, I wrote a book for the people that work in stores, not, a, not about them. And I didn't want to write a book about retail as an industry, as, a, as an expert. I wanted to write something as a peer and said, I hear you. I feel you. I know your pains on sometimes on mm-hmm. Saturdays. And you know, <laughs> let me you know, sh- share why I think what you do is really important. Mm-hmm. And that only comes from someone that's done the work. Yeah. Or you don't get it. You're making assumptions about something that you don't know anything about. Yeah. And yeah, I did. I I grew up. I spent you know, thirty plus years doing this. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, it is. I used to I started in retail. Um, you know, the the subtitle is the guide to celebrating your accidental career. Yeah. And I don't know if it was an act. It was an accident. Walking into a store at Kinkles and meeting a friend of mine, Bob Miller, he's like, yo, like your tie, you should send it to this guy who played hockey. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know anybody at Brooklyn who played hockey. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, yeah, but I appreciated him mentioning that to me. Um, so it was an accident. It was just, I just, just a random conversation with someone, and then you enter into this field. But you would get these... Uh, memos from on high do this and it's this huge gap yeah. from what corporate is saying and what what you're actually seeing in the uh, in the stores yep. so hearing you say you know from the ground up yeah. and being able to connect with uh, associates and be able to relate with them i think that's probably what would you say that that's contributed to your success in retail i think it's uh I mean, yes, I would say success. More importantly, credibility with the people that I lead. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think my, my, my success is important only when someone says, Ron gets it. Like that Ron understands and Ron's fixing this for mm-hmm. us or he's solving this problem or he's listening and making smart decisions based on what he's heard. For me, that's success, mm. and and to watch other people grow up in the industry, and to say, just like I did, sales to you know becoming a store manager to becoming a district manager to leading companies, you know, watching people like that, and I've known many over the years, mm-hmm. some under my own leadership, others just as in networking groups, that is success, um, because again, retail is a business where you learn it on the job. Yeah, no one's on the fly. Teach you. It's totally on the fly. It's like, oh, we need to do this. Say, okay, I've never done that, but mm-hmm. sure, like let's go. And that's great. Retail people have an entrepreneurial spirit, even when it's not part of kind of company culture. So, like to give you examples, I ran Apple stores mm-hmm. here ten plus years ago. iPhone two. I launched iPhone two. And you know, Apple's not an organization that wants all of your ideas from the stores. Apple does a lot of work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. They have tested, they have tried, they have piloted. Before it ever you ever see something, all the kinks are worked out. There's no room for error. Mm-hmm. And so the feedback from the store is they're not going to change their path because of something that you say. And so you have to kind of know what you're signing up for and those kind of cultures of certain companies. But it doesn't make it any less fun. It mm-hmm. just have to understand what you're going to do. Versus, you know, you had mentioned Bonobos. Bonobos was a startup. Yeah. We created um, what today is, I think, still one of the most important retail business models out there, which is the guide shop. 
highly entrepreneurial. Every decision I made was based on what a customer told me, an employee told me. I'm like, hey, you're right. That doesn't work. Let's fix that. Or mm-hmm. we need this technology. Or the fitting rooms are too small. Let's change that. So I, I love that idea of you listen, you learn, you support, mm-hmm. you engage, and you work. You are in service as a leader. You are in service to everyone around you and the customer. Yeah. Now, that must have been like uh, going back home and just feeling natural, I mean, as a pattern maker and two guys that, that yeah. were not from fashion. Exactly. To just come and say, hey, we're just going to... And FIT was saying, you know, I was like, how did, what, what, <laughs> why didn't we think of that? <laughs> you know, and to, and to say, you know, boldly, we have the best fitting men's pants. Yeah. You know, okay. That's something a rapper used to say, the best rapper alive. <laughs> it's like, okay, wait a second. But you don't, you're not from us. You're not from here. Right. And to right. just completely disrupt an industry, I think, is, is, is That's incredible. That's exactly what they did. And we're really proud, you know, proudly say... You know, and I use that word intentionally. We have the best fitting chain of men's pants. We are the best fitting men's pants. And a man hears that and I'm like, oh, I want to try. Mm-hmm. Like, what's, and sure, they're fine, but are they different than the other 15 pairs of chinos you have in your closet? Not dramatically, mm-hmm. but they're good pants. Yeah, yeah. But more importantly, they're in service to the customer. Yeah. And that's what's important about brands like that is they're the feedback loop and the product feedback and the store feedback and the team is a really important part of their culture. Mm-hmm. Now you've, you've said this word service and it, and it, it gets tossed around a lot. Um, it was almost like the, uh, unprecedented, you know, just, I was like, okay, if I hear that, one more, it's, <laughs> is, is it really unprecedented or pivot? You know, pivot. everybody was pivoting and I was like, oh, okay. If I hear it one more time, and there's there's an influence I follow online, Nikki. Yo, shout out to Nikki Saunders. Yo, she just hates this word pivot. I think it's probably why I'm just saying it again. Let me just say it one more time for the record, pivot. But it is, um, when I think of service, though, that word, it just, either you get it or or you don't. And some people think it's like, oh man, you know, I don't want to be in service to someone, you know, like, but you're serving somebody is serving someone somewhere or they're not getting paid. Yep. Right. And I actually think it's a very intentional way to approach your life. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, you know, the, the bigger your organization, the more it feels like everyone is in service to you because you are dictating and expecting results. So I think that there's this perception of my team's responsibility is to deliver results and therefore they're in service to me. And I actually think that is entirely upside down. Yeah. I am in service. Everything I do as a leader is in service to the, the most entry-level role in any store because the most important person in any retail organization is the person standing in front of the customer. Whether that's a greeter that got hired yeah. t- as a temp and today's their first day, the customer walks in the store and their first perception of a brand is the person that says hello. Yeah. And you then either you've set a course to success or you've set a course to failure. Yeah. And this idea of you know spending millions of dollars building stores, which I have done, marketing that has spent, you know, all all of the money that goes into running successful retail, none of it is more important than the payroll that's spent on the people. 
and yeah. the training of them. Because the customer's not doesn't always remember the store design they or like maybe the checkout process, you know, or the some of the other um, steps on the journey. They remember the people yeah. if they've engaged. And when you get that survey afterwards and says, Hey Ron, like how was your experience today? You're gonna think about the people that served you. And to I've always had this approach of if that first day front of store greeter is having a great experience as an employee, was hired well, trained well, given at least the basics, they're going to be really engaging and and then that just continues. Yeah. And you win. You win every time. But it takes all of us to think that way. Now, did you see a, um, a change, I mean, in, in retail uh, with the pandemic? And now do you think that they valued them more or just was like, okay, we just got to throw some money at this to, uh, to get some people in the, in the, in the building because now they're frontline essential workers? Right. I think brands that treated their teams really well last year. Um, so I, at the time, the vice president of stores of Intermix, and you know, it was a really difficult time. I remember very clearly, I will never forget this, you know, having a call beginning of April and putting 400 people on furlough. Like, I'll never forget that day. Mm. And I was, like, I was the only one left. And I'm like, so it's my responsibility. This is what I said on this call, 400 people. It is my responsibility now to get you guys back to work. So you are about to go unpaid until I get you back to work. And that is a powerful place to sit because here you don't know someone's personal situation. You don't know if they can pay rent at the end of the month. You don't know what's going on. And so I took that responsibility really seriously and said, whatever I need to do to get you back to work, I, I'm, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And, and I did. You know, pretty within a matter of three, four weeks when certain cities like – Texas was the first city to reopen retail, and it was Arizona. You know, there were a handful of cities, New York City here being one of the last. Um, the minute we could open, we opened, which also meant there was huge risk, and some people didn't want to actually come back because at that time we didn't know mm-hmm. enough to say, is it safe to work? Can I speak to a customer? There were a lot of unknowns. Um, but I took my responsibility as leading them through a really scary time really seriously. And I think brands that have leaders that did that are the ones on the other side now who don't have staffing problems, who know that it's a great place to work, who their friends say, yeah, you were looking for work? Come work with me. This is a great store. Yeah. Brands that, um, and a lot of them unfortunately did, just laid off a lot of people and said, we're not sure what's going to happen. If we reopen, we're going to hire you back. That's on the employee side. That doesn't feel very good because yeah. you could have been there six months, six years, sixteen years, and all of a sudden you're just out the door. Yeah, that's really, you know, I believe, not a great way to treat people. Yeah, where possible. Yeah, in, in the wake of nine eleven, I remember getting a, a memo saying, you know, you have to let some folks go, and I just. That's and that's just I'm just thinking about just my, my, my team in Garden City at the time. Yeah. So not not the responsibility of four hundred people to kind of put it in perspective. So, but I sat down with my team and it's like, oh, we I wrote a list of ten things. Out of the ten things that we need to do, five of those things were just repeated. Take care of the customer. If we take care of the customer, 
this is this was my thesis. We take it of the customer, yep. they're going to come back. Yep. They're going to come back. They're going to appreciate it. If we take care of each other, I, we'll do whatever we can. We'll get through this. Some people just took it as an opportunity. <laughs> just like, okay, great. I could fire so-and-so. Clean house. <laughs> I've been waiting to get rid of him. I didn't, now I have a reason. It's not me. It's the company. I'm like, yo, come on. Don't be a candy ass. But if you... Right. This is... You're talking about people's lives and livelihoods. Right. Um, right. Whether you like them or not. Don't... This is, this, this is not just like just a flippant decision. You're out. Next. This is... No, it's, it's not it's a not. revolving door. It's not. And the opportunity that I really believe in, in leadership you know, most predominantly is that inability to have difficult conversations. So if you are that manager that was waiting for the company to give you a reason to get rid of some people, you actually weren't doing your job because performance management and having those difficult conversations is the hardest part of leadership, but it, you can't avoid it yeah. because it's actually entirely your responsibility that those people are still here. You just got an easy out. Yeah. But it's your fault. Yeah. Still, you should have taken care of this a long time ago. A long or, time ago. <laughs> or made them better, you know, mm -hmm. because I think it's also really powerful to say, look, I, I'm, I want to give you some feedback on your performance, and this is what I'm observing. What can I do to help you be better at your job? Because you're not very good at it. Like, I've had that conversation with people, and they're like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, uh, it, but honesty and and then find solutions to make them better will always be remembered. Don't avoid the fact that they're not performing. Confront it and say you're not performing, but I want to help you. What can I do to help you? Mm -hmm. I I just think there's always a space to win when, yeah. when you approach life like that. Mm. So you think about work life balance now. So you you're you're very fit. Individual, and yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's like, yo, not, it's not, not that I wasn't expecting. You see some retail managers, and I don't know if it's the environment surrounding the store, just fast food, just yeah. bad choices. It's working whatever. in the mall. It's working in the mall, and it, and it shows. And then, then there, there. I was accused once of um, being a uh, metrosexual. <laughs> And at the time, this is Nancy. Nancy, Nancy, we're in Wally World in, in, in the Home Depot, right? And um, so it's construction, basically, yeah. you know. And so I, you, you, are you metro? And I didn't know what word, so I had to go to the Urban Dictionary to find out. She called me metrosexual. Like, yo, is that an insult? Nancy said, no, I just think, you know, you, you just you just put together nicely. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to take that, Nancy. <laughs> so it's, so you, you kind of... Being fit, and, and, and I wasn't always fit. There was a while I was, you know, chasing Haagen-Dazs sales mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. and ice cream. But, yeah. but I see that you, 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 you fitness I, is, uh, is important to you and it, and it, and it, and it shows. It is um, because it, you know, taking care of your body and taking care of your mind and your mm -hmm. spirit is how you continue to move forward like move new ideas and create influence because you have to be the best version of yourself you know the whole idea of taking pride today is taking pride in yourself you see you see the you see yeah. the subtle you see the I know, subtle, right? you see the subtle. <laughs> this is not even like you see the subtle product placement it was like <laughs> take it like <laughs> 
I love it. I'm good. So tell us about taking pride today. Before, but, but I should I couldn't I should have avoided that, right? No, it's all good. <laughs> and you're right. It's it's shameless. No, it's um, not. And I appreciate the shameless part. <laughs> Do it again. And I, and I gave him the green because we're gonna get to that. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away. But great. So being fit, like mentally fit, mm-hmm. physically fit. You know, thinking about food, thinking about your the intake like from a food and from a like news energy um, content perspective I think keeps it keeps me clear on what I want to say because the, I, I really try to avoid negativity mm-hmm. and I don't pretend that things are great all the time I live in the middle of New York City I walk out to the street I see everything mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm fully aware of what's happening in the world but I also choose about which what I what I take in mm-hmm. and it helps me just think about how I want to show up so take pride today is this idea of you know take as an action I want to I'm choosing to do this I'm taking action about what I'm going to take pride in today and I don't think it's fair to say that you're going to show up your best every day. But today I'm choosing to do this. I'm going to choose to have this difficult conversation. I'm gonna take pride today in the fact that I have been afraid to have this hard conversation and I'm gonna do it today. That is, okay, great. If you accomplish that goal, something you were afraid of, Mm -hmm. of that conversation, and the end of the day you say, I took pride today in the fact that I actually did that. I was afraid of it. And maybe it went well, maybe it didn't. It doesn't matter. The fact is that you did it. And I think every day we have a choice to make. Like, how do we want to show up? Do we want to show up on time? Do we want to show up with great energy, with you know, being prepared? Like, what, whatever version that is for you, just take pride in the fact that maybe you just got out of bed today and yesterday you didn't. Like, there's, there's all different versions of this. But I... I wanted to be able to make statements about the fact that we have a choice of how we show up yeah. every day. And as a, as, as a husband, it's important to me, as, as a leader, as a writer, all of it, all of it. We have a choice. Yeah, I mean, I think on the surface it may sound, sound wonky. Oh, you know, you did it. Good job. No, it's, that's, it eliminates excuses. Because you, right. you have you have a choice in how you want to respond. Um, right. Hearing hearing Franklin Covey, you know Stephen Covey say this, it just was like, yo, wait a second, you're re- you're able to choose your response, and so not. Yeah. I can't you know I, I I can't blame it on it was the weather it was what is what you did you know Ron it's your fault like yeah okay Ron might have been I shouldn't put this on you let's use somebody else <laughs> Bill. Okay, Bill. Bill, Richard, did whoever. It's like that person did this thing to me, and so now that that's just why I'm responding like this. And when he's saying you, I'm giving a complete stranger power Correct. over how I want to respond. Correct. That was that was liberating. It's like yo, this is this is different. This is no one was talking about this, and I was yeah. like, this is this okay. This is this feels good. Yeah. I love that conversation, and I I love. I do believe in kind of keeping your own power mm-hmm. and saying I am in control of, you know, in retail specifically, 
because there's no clear path, you have to actually own the decisions that you make and the brands you want to work for and the leaders around you. You have to navigate it yourself. And the idea of taking your power back and say, I want to work for an exceptional brand who provides great training opportunities and career advancement and fair compensation and they're just nice like that's not too much to ask and I don't think that's always the case Mm -hmm. when you read some blogs there's some on LinkedIn around like read the retail break room blog the stories are horrendous and it makes me really sad to read that which is part of my intake is I don't read that because it makes me upset Mm -hmm. like that these people are being treated this way yeah and you know I can't I can't solve everything but I see that as a chance to say I I need I can't fix that for you but I can try to get to your managers through my book or through something through opportunities like this and say you need to do better you need to show up better for your people yeah and sometimes people need to hear how their people are perceiving them. Like, do you know this is what your people are saying? Because it's not anonymous. So I hope you're reading this. And it's, it's pretty frightening what happens out there when people are not well-led and are giving too much power back. Yeah, it, it shows up in the, in the day-to-day. They, and it will show up on the bottom line in the P&O. As long as they're making their bonus, some people are like, okay, this is cool. Um, yeah. I want to talk about the... Uh, you talked about mapping out your your own route mm-hmm. uh, along the path to success. Is that something that you speak about in the uh, in the book? It is um, some. You know, there's no there's no answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. But what I do say is, because we are so self taught, once you've figured out what you're good at, find brands and leaders that support you, and and celebrate those strengths that you have. So there are retail brands who are. Um, highly ops focused where you are celebrated for your ability to check things off of a list to have a big to do um, that are like highly operational centric and that's and if that's what you love and I've worked with a lot of people like that that are what do we need to do today what needs to happen what is the company telling me that thrive on those kind of Mm -hmm. things then work for great brands like that but if you're someone, and I would consider myself in this category, who all you want to do is talk to the customer and your team, you will go insane if you work for a company that gives you a checklist every day. And so once you figure out actually what are your strengths. And how does one figure out what their, what their strengths are? Mm-hmm. You know, what gives you joy? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what gives you energy? What, um, you know, what is if I go back to even just my own words, what did what were you most proud of today? Were you really proud of the fact that you had a conversation with the customer that impacted that customer's life today in a really positive way? Or were you most proud of the fact that you got your checklist done? Like, wh- where do you fall on that scale? And if you're much more emotional, then choose brands that celebrate your ability to lead and inspire and provide exceptional service. Yeah. And because this, I'm just using myself as an example. When I figured out that I love more like the front of house people side, and even as a multi-store leader, they would say, well, every time you have a visit, you need to complete this checklist. No, you looked at the stockroom check. 
you, you know, <laughs> checked uh, their banking logs and you counted the safe and you, you know, checked for cleanliness. I was like, look, that's not how I lead. I want to come in and have like a morning meeting with the team and rally them up and talk about what's important, talk about the company. I don't want to create a checklist. I want to create an impression of positive momentum that when I walk out that door today, that they will remember. You think they care if I got a checklist done? You know, like, oh, great, Ron, we got 80% on Ron's audit today. Well, okay, fine. Tomorrow they will have forgotten that. But yeah. if I say something in a meeting or do something that actually inspires them to be better, inspires them to choose retail as a career, to provide a level of service to a customer that they weren't going to do, that is memorable. And they will take that for longer than 24 hours, I yeah. believe. But that's not everybody. No. It's not. No. And, and there's, there's a place in the industry for every different skill set. But like, what, what do you get excited about? What gives you energy and joy and power? Do that. Yeah. Do more of that. Uh, th- this is a conversation that, that I um, made me sit down and, and write a book, The, the, the Gospel of the Hustle in the, in the Jungle. Because I, I don't think people have conversations with associates when they come in. It's like, okay, you, you pass the background check, and got a pulse, and you got all your teeth. Okay, so um, I think we're going to hire you. Yeah. And we need you to do this checklist, and we're having a store visit. And you, and you can see that there's, there's, no, there's no light or energy in there like you're like... Why would you spend your life? Do you want to spend your life just doing something that you don't enjoy? I mean, right. won't you find it should be in your best interest as the leader of this facility to find out what your people want to do yep. and get them on that path, even if it's not with you, yep. because they're hurting you. They're hurting your bottom line. Yep. I could not agree with you more, Derek. I, I again, it's our responsibility when someone gives you the opportunity to lead other people. Mm-hmm. That is now your number one path, is to lead them, which means not tell them what they're doing wrong, always, but lead them to their own greatness that they may not have even figured out. Yeah. You know, I love those conversations with people in retail who haven't actually figured out that they love it, until you say, you know what, you run a multi-million dollar business. I'm sure this was true at Kinko's. Like, you run a multi-million dollar business, you are an expert at serving customers, you've learned how to work on a team, you've learned cash management, you've learned store operations, mm-hmm. you probably did some visual merchandising, you probably had to stop a shoplifter, like I can give you 20 things that you probably did and yeah. they'll say, well, yeah, like you're right, I did do all those things. I'm like, yeah, and you're really good at it. Like, don't you want to do more of that? They don't even know how good they are yeah. until someone actually told them. And points out and given the, the, the words, the actual like the words to you say, oh, this is a thing. I didn't know. I, I did visual merchandising. Right. I was a visual merchandising mom. What? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right. If I mentioned that to my mother, she wouldn't have had a clue what visual merchandising is. I just know from walking by a store, we would t- don't touch anything. Don't ask for anything. Keep your hand. You know, this is yep. this is the. <laughs> but I know that there was stuff in Maze or Woolworth. You know, yeah. you know, they would think somebody had the idea. Let's get these Sundays, and um, let's mix these sneakers and put the sneakers on the tabletop. They didn't have boxes. That was Models. I'm like, okay, mm. Models was not the spot that you wanted to shop in. 
they had irregular sneakers, but they've been around forever. Yeah. And then they found out that, yo, this is, um, we could make a turnaround. Yep. And and they're still here. Yep. I mean, it's not, people are not, it's not like the destination, but. Right. But they're still around. They're they still figured around. It out. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because I, I definitely love visual merchandising. But it's the same. My family would be like, what do you do again? Like, what? I'm like, I travel around the country and I make stores look great. Like, that's what I would say. I'm like. I told him to put that over there. Still to this day, you know, I'm like, well, what do you do? Like, I travel and I shake people's hands and I and I give them motivational speeches. And like, you pay, you get paid for that? You could probably like, tell them like, you know, Ron was actually in the CIA. You know, he's 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 got a different, there's an alternative person that lifestyle. Because like, this, thing, I knew it. That might be more. <laughs> I knew it. I knew he wasn't doing this thing that they said he was doing. Why would somebody pay you to do that? It's like, no, this is what he does. It's And it's an enormous business, mm-hmm. and it's a huge industry. I think yeah. that's where it gets lost. Of It's the same. Like Retail employs the largest number of people in this country. And when you tell someone that, and they're like, really? Like, it's the biggest employer in this country? But think about it. You know, Just here in a block radius of this apartment, you know, CVS and grocery stores and clothing stores and, mm-hmm. and drugs, like the list goes on. Comic book store around the corner. Like it's all retail and it's all in providing services and things that we all need. It's in every city in the world. Mm-hmm. So like think about the power that that has. And same, when you say that to someone who maybe thought that this was an accidental career that was going to be temporary, like choose your path. Choose, like you can do Anything you want to do, you can be anything you want in this industry because it's wide open yeah. for people. That's yeah. really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, take pride today and the green yeah. goal. What does it mean? So uh, I speak about it in the book a little bit, but anyone that knows me, this idea of it provide delivering results started here. Delivering results mm-hmm. of saying if you achieved. The metric goal you were that you were green to your goal, which is not uncommon. You would say, you know, I'm plus five, I'm green. But I took it one step further. I would say, great, you make your goal, whatever that is, units per transaction, sales, conversion. You're green to your goal. If you're yellow, if you are typically between like flat and and negative ten percent to that goal, like you're almost there. You're yellow to your goal, and red if you're more than ten percent below your goal. And what I would say is you know, the idea of going green is just really powerful. Like, let's get everyone in the green mm-hmm. for, to this result and figure out who's almost there. What do we need to fix? And if you're red, you have a problem. And let's figure out what that problem is to get you to yellow, to get you to green. And I started using that on in just bigger ideas. How can we go green in service? How can we go green on um on the PL, like everything about it, like it looks great to have. I love the green on the microphone. Yeah, like that, the was, green. that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's figure out how we can go green. And, you know, it's a color of life, it's the color of energy. Yeah. It's the color of um, you know, green lights. Like Matthew McConaughey's book last year, Green Lights, you know, is about how do you provide green light opportunities like what have you been given Mm -hmm. that was a green light opportunity and what you can you provide that makes things easier you just go through it it's 
a green light. You just keep going. And he writes about it beautifully in his memoir. But the idea of providing green lights and green energy um, for me has worked. And so it's really funny. I've had um, stockrooms painted green. I've seen like store meetings that they have surprised like everyone would get a t-shirt that says go green and take a picture and send mm-hmm. it to me I had a framed t-shirt that said hashtag go green in my office like all of it it's been it's been my signature kind of idea for a decade mm-hmm. and it it works it's um, so the, the the little bit of the only color that I'm using in any of my work is green other than the, the cover which is you know, the cover itself is meant to, to to say that retail is art. That's an art piece mm-hmm. that I had translated into the cover. It's yeah. a photograph. And that retail is an art. And to not forget that the power of art and what inspires you is you know, the action of serving is an art that is that inspires love and joy you know, around you. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, there's definitely a connection point here. Around around the word pride. Yeah. Now, take pride today is also the um, the the organization that you founded. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. So now, t- tell us about take pride today. Yeah. So take pride today is just the what I'm considering like the umbrella over all of it. Whether it's speaking, um, a product line that I just developed, you know, that's on retailpride.com. Uh, I, you know, everything that I want to speak about is about taking pride today. Um, and so it's just, it's the, you know, hopefully some other support charity components to this in the future. Um, and I haven't talked a lot about this yet, but I am leaving New York next year, going on a year-long road trip to meet people that work in retail all over the country. It's, I'm calling it retail in America, but like, where can I find those moments of pride in small town, you know? I won't even say rural because I don't think that's a good description. I just think smaller cities in this country who don't get a lot of attention, um, what are they taking pride in? And so this idea is much bigger than just you know, leading a retail team. It's a much bigger idea for me. Mm. So now, is this going to be chronicled? Are you going to, is this going to, like, people are going to capture this? You want, yeah, it's definitely going to be captured, too. Like, just the, like the, the storytelling of the power of human connection, which is what you and I have so much of that in common. Mm-hmm. Like you really want to hear people's stories. Yeah. Like why do they do what they do? Where did they have failure? Where do they have success? Why? I have a particular interest in the retail sector because of its influence on the economy of this country. Um, but the stories are from them are not being told yeah. at all. And I want to tell them. So yeah, some kind of, Documenting it, podcast, um, television show. You know, I'm thinking big. So you, you hear this? <laughs> so if you, 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 I hope you're listening. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, you have a, um, it's it's interesting because I, I met a, a, a woman, Nora's, uh, from Nora's Oven Works. Right? Okay. So she teaches young people math and science through baking. Mm. And so she wants to travel like the world, like yeah. I'll start with America. But she tells these stories to about young people, you know, just just like red velvet cake. 
So she told me the story about red velvet cake. Okay. Do you know what red velvet cake was made with initially? I do not. I did not know this either. Mm-hmm. She said it was made with beets. So I get out. Beets? Mm. So I get a call from Nora one day. Derek, they just came out the oven. Red velvet. She made this, this brownie made with red velvet cake. Okay. You've got to taste it. And you would not know that it was, that it was beets. It didn't have beets during this, during this period of time. And so it's a story. It's food. It's something that she's passionate about. You go into this place, you would think that it is a franchise. And so she wants one like all. I'm like, yo, we got to tell your story. We got to yeah. get your story out there. Yep. It's like, I know, Derek. So you, you see it. She's in the kitchen. Her kids, it's a family. Her, her husband did the gears inside of this shop. So, yeah, it's retail. It's stories. Yeah. Stories like those. And you, you, you find them. But no, it's like, I want to hear about somebody getting shot if, if it's blood then it leads and like uh, really not uh, yeah, no. I'm good on that right right yeah right and I mean yeah you kind of, you want to know what's what the path of someone that you know why did they end up you know, taking that kind of dark side of their life and, and hurting someone else mm-hmm. but that's not my that's not yeah, my I'm, not, I'm, not, no. I'm not interested yeah, in I'm not, much. somebody else can cover that yeah someone I'm good with that, that. <laughs> um, but you know there's a, there's a story about everything but yeah. I agree like there's great like small business generational businesses ideas community centric yeah um, you know like just that have so much power and you're right they don't have a they don't have a big Instagram following like so if I can build something where people would tune in, watch, listen, mm-hmm. that is about great retail in America and its influence and its importance in how we connect as a human race, mm-hmm. that is powerful to me. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So it will be leaving in an airstream. I'm going to live in campgrounds all over this country. Oh, man. So- yeah, I'm, le- I'm leaving the view here and I'm hitting the road. <laughs> campgrounds. So he's fit. So if you roll up on him, you might get knocked out. Don't don't sleep on Rod, yo. Oh, Rod, thank you so much, man. I, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us today. To, for me, and but bring me in your home to, to, to share your story. And yeah. this art, Retail Pride, uh, we'll just wrap up. Tell me about this piece. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so in June of this year, um, an artist friend of mine named Marco Santini and I, um, in the West Village here in New York, just asked people what they love. So he's a street artist that uses kind of love and, and inspiration in it through just words. So he paints words um, around the city and these murals. And I said, let's do something together and like let's talk about love and retail and retail pride. Like, how can we make it work? So he did this big canvas, mm-hmm. and then um, we took it out to the street, and he painted it. So there's a video of it on retailpride.com, and um, I think it's really powerful. Like, the words that are written in here come mm-hmm. right from people that did the right. I didn't give him these words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I translated that into... You know, an easy like framed art piece that you could hang in your office or a note card or a water bottle um, that's all been translated and where can folks share. find this if they want to uh... yeah it's all on retailpride.com okay. thank you for asking yeah. alright Ron thank you so much I certainly appreciate it man. thanks Derek I really, all right. thank you it was a pleasure yes